welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction This podcast concerns the module Talc Skills for Beginning Consultations Effectively and focuses on the chapter called Can You Learn to Love a Patient Who Brings a List? Now, I was very struck by something I read in a newspaper which said something like this Receptionists are as scary as hell. Securing an appointment this side of Christmas can be tricky. Then you sit in the waiting room and read a sign that says you should only discuss one thing with the doctor. Now, for some clinicians, a patient with a list inspires irritation or even trepidation because they fear that a list will take up too much time, derail their clinic schedule, or reveal problems that are too difficult to solve. The result of such fears may be that clinicians push back, saying they will only deal with one problem, or the most important problem. And so what happens to the other issues? They're unlikely to disappear, aren't they? and the patient is left with the difficult task of arranging even more appointments or being left with some issues unattended to. This risks problems becoming more and more acute and problematical later on. Helping clinicians deal with lists begins with exploring and understanding our attitudes towards the consultation. Do we take a patient-centred or a clinician-centred perspective? Who is the consultation really for? Patients view getting an appointment in a very different way to clinicians view it. The quotation that I made at the beginning of this illustrates that. Consulting is a clinician's daily work, but it's a relatively unusual occurrence for most patients. Obtaining an appointment, even a telephone appointment, is seen by patients as becoming increasingly difficult. And so it's perhaps no surprise that patients save up several issues. Furthermore, the idea that a consultation should be about one issue is actually a form of wishful thinking rather than being based on an understanding of what actually happens in routine primary care. Almost all consultations concern more than one issue. In one study, the average number of patients of problems a patient wanted to raise was 2.2, with a range from 1 right through to 16. If patients who had acute problems were excluded, the average number of problems was 3.3. Thus, having more than one problem or concern is actually the norm. Clinicians need to develop the appropriate attitudes and skills to cope with this in a relaxed and skillful way. The other thing to bear in mind is that the first thing the patient mentions may not be the most clinically important matter. Interrupting the patient early on with questions about the first issue tends to make the consultation doctor-centred straight away, And while this might seem efficient, come on, let's get to the point, in practice what happens is that clinicians who try to control the conversation too much early on will find that their patients bring up their main concern much later on in the consultation. Later rising concerns or complaints waste time and are disheartening for everybody. Closed questioning usually reveals less information than attentive listening after an open start. When a patient brings a list, This should be seen as a real opportunity to make the consultation effective. The patient has already helped us along by being prepared in advance and their list can be seen positively as a gift in disguise. It means the patient has already clarified their own agenda. 
working collaboratively with their list is much more likely to be efficient and satisfying to both parties. See also the chapter called How is a Consultation Like a Business Meeting? This approach does not necessarily mean that every item on a long list must be dealt with in full as individual items in the current consultation. It is often the case that issues that seem disparate to the patient may be seen as part of a similar problem to the clinician. For example, a patient with reflux symptoms and poor sleep might need attention to their prescriptions of ibuprofen and citalopram. A patient who attends with dry skin, weight gain, wanting something for their constipation and who wants to discuss their disrupting sense of exhaustion may actually be easier to cope with because they might have hypothyroidism than a patient who just comes with a single problem but that problem turns out to be wanting help with their chronic alcohol abuse. Some problems may only require a few moments anyway if the patient says can I get a flu jab while I'm here for example while others can be partially dealt with with a more extensive conversation schedule for later on. So for example somebody asking for a pill review it might be resolved in a complicated consultation by saying well here is an updated contraception prescription but let's book a full review with the nurse and a smear for you now so that we can concentrate on today's problem which is whatever it is. Clinicians should bear in mind that it's not just patients who come with lists. We have lists too, don't we? We look at our alerts or diary entries about long-term conditions. We get reminders about medication reviews or new information to be shared with the patient, such as clinic letters or results. Sometimes pop-up alerts like news scores and so on all do just as much to crowd the agenda. All these need a similar approach. We have to recognise the complex nature of the interaction and plan collaboratively with patients to work out the best way forwards. As one practice manager used to say to me, if it wasn't for the patients, we'd all be out of a job. So we could enjoy helping patients with their complicated problems, which after all are far more interesting than some simple, straightforward matters. When we want to learn to improve our skills in this, it's worth to begin by exploring our own attitudes. Are we really worried that we'll end up with too much to do? Or do we see patients as difficult or demanding? Are we feeling a bit overwhelmed? There are boundaries and limits to a clinician's role, but excluding legitimate health concerns from the conversation without discussion or planning is not an appropriate way to manage the clinician's own anxieties. When somebody comes with a list, it's worth considering how to respond to this. Practice saying thank you for any list the patient presents. Ask the patient if they'll show you their list and look at it carefully. Ask them how they'd like to proceed with the list. Are there some things which are more important than others? Are there some things that you as a clinician could link together? In the written resources that go with this chapter, there are some sample lists to have a practice on. Practice saying, may I see your list, which would be so helpful. And practice saying thank you when a patient has done that. Take the attitude that a list is an interesting learning opportunity rather than a chore. Practice these skills with the next patient who brings a list and discuss what what happens with your peers or with your trainer. Another approach is to use a method called a reverse brainstorm. If you're worried about lists and find them challenging, list all the potential benefits that could follow from a patient bringing a list. For example, we're here to listen to what the patient needs, not what we would prefer. Lists represent preparation. They represent opportunities for collaboration with patients. 
Seeing the list and discussing it can lead to fruitful negotiations. And always remember that the first thing mentioned might not be the most clinically important. So have a practice. First of all, with the skills in the chapter, how is a consultation like a business meeting? And when you've got your agenda setting skills to a fine art, really tackle the more difficult one of the patient with the list with some confidence that this will bring you into a fruitful and interesting collaboration with the patient. The next module in this series is called Talc Skills for Effective Information Gathering and look out for the podcasts and written materials in that module. The first chapter is called How Can Avoiding Questions Yield More Information? And I hope you'll find it interesting. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.